Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. In our introduction, we say that you just heard are across town. Sometimes it's in your home. And uh, don't forget your home as a mission project, uh, opportunity ministry. It's so vital and so important. So that's what we want to share with you. And uh, this is Bert Harper. Nathan Harper is our co-host. Nathan, uh, you, you better have a home base real strong, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. You know, you can see, uh, you know, each of us can see our homes as we're living on mission. Uh, some of us called to specific places God puts in front of us. Some of it might be just where we are. Uh, but as we go and as we're sent out, uh, you know, on mission, um, we can see our home as as two things. One, as a harvest field. Two, as a harvest force. You know, as a harvest field, our home is really the very front lines, the very cons- the middle of the concentric circles, if you will, that's closest to us of where we are to go and make disciples whether it's a spouse or children or those just in our home, uh, physically like living in, in the home with us, we are to uh, make disciples. Uh, and that's challenging and that's hard, but it's very fruitful. And, and God wants us to, uh, to be on mission purposefully there and not neglect it. As yeah. a harvest force, the, uh, the home is where God can use each family member, even together as a family, to, to go out on mission and to make a difference in the world as, as a as a whole family, even children, uh, everybody involved in, in God's mission work. Wasn't that exciting when we would see families going? And, and I found out couples going really is helpful as well, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, is, it can be very fruitful. You know, children open many doors into people's lives. Um, and and God, you know, has placed the children in that are in our homes there for a reason, for His glory, ultimately. Uh, so they can know Jesus, but they can also make Jesus known, uh, not just in their circles, but also just together, collectively as a family, can be very fruitful ministry. If you don't believe that, go to a nursing home and take your child with you, and you'll see those older people, they gravitate to them. People just gravitate. And so we're talking about hope uh, for the home, and our guest today is is Jerry and and. Uh, Becky Drace, and I know you'll enjoy this interview. Uh, It will bless you. It will help you and strengthen you. And I pray that your home would be a place that God is seen and where God is using to touch other lives. Today on Exploring Missions, we have a couple with us, and you may have heard of Hope for the Home. It's a ministry that makes a difference, and we're going to hear a little bit about the history of why that came about today. Our guest is Jerry and Becky Drace. 
Welcome, folks. Hey, buddy. It is good to have you. And uh, I can tell you, uh, I knew about you before I met you. Mm. And, you know, is that good? It is good. (laughs) And what I heard was good. And you guys have lived up to it. Most of the time, they live down (laughs) to it. And y'all lived up to it. But we are so glad you're here in Tupelo, Mississippi. And we took the opportunity to record you for Exploring Missions because I think we both agree, all three of us agree. Maybe the home's the most important mission we have. That's right. Can you think of one more important? No. If you fail at home, you often fail everywhere else. Yeah. That, that's not always true, but I, you know, like I said this morning in devotions, a lot of men are successful in the world, and they're not at home, and, and the women too, right? Right. One of the saddest stories I ever heard was about Billy Sunday, and he and his wife, you know, ministering and going and uh, after he died, she said, you know, while we were out winning the world, our family fell, did, apart. Yeah, fell apart. And she mm-hmm. used more graphic words, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, I remember Dr. Dobson uh, saying, his dad saying, Jim, I want you to be there. Mm-hmm. And my dad uh, was celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary. They had nine children. I'm the youngest of nine. And he got up and made his speech. He said, I have no greater desire than all of you will be with me up there. That's sweet. And you know, when you talk about being on mission, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was able to work through the ministry at home. But I was like, okay, so Jerry's out, quote, ministering to the world and spreading the gospel. So what can I do? Uh, you know, all of our circle of friends were basically Christians. And so I prayed and I asked the Lord, okay, so what can my mission be? And he said, your mission, your greatest mission field is your home and getting your children to love me and to understand me and to share me. And so I allowed our home to become a mission outpost. And it was amazing what God did through the years from the time we moved back to Tennessee from Florida in 91, even to today, how God has expanded my personal mission. And so, you know, as if you're a wife or a mother and you're listening today, never underestimate the power of what God can do with you, even in your home, if you dedicate your home to be a mission field. Mm. My wife... Jan and I, we do uh, weekends uh, for family, call them family revivals. We called them something else. And uh, some of the pastors said, you know, these guys that they hear at some marriage conference, they get scared. They think they're going to have to uh, write poetry or something. And he said, could I just call it a family revival? And I said, you bet. And he said, man, our attendance really went up after that. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's true. And it really has. And Jen and I do that. We also do fishbowl retreat for pastors and their wives. That's uh, great. Listen, this is our heart uh, for the home, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And Jan, she got a degree in uh, elementary ed, and she taught and for a little while. And then she, Nathan, our oldest one, came along, who helps co-host this program. And she told everybody, no, she is not teaching anymore. She'd gone into child development. <laughs> and uh, I, I know of no greater calling, guys. I, I'm just as as frank as I can be. 
I know of no greater calling than Absolutely. what you were taught, called to, Becky. But the other side of that is once you dedicate that, you dedicate your home, and I know Jerry's going to speak too, but once you dedicate your home for me as a mission field, watching the progression of what God did through that experience was such a blessing to for me in obedience and faithfulness to say, this is what I dedicate myself to do, and then seeing what God can do. So you go into it with a little bit of unexpectation. You know, you don't have any expectations. You just say, okay, Lord, how are you going to use this? Uh, commitment that I've made. It's been amazing. Yeah. Well, Hope for the Home, the website, by the way, is hopeforthehome.org. No spaces, all small letters. Great website, guys. Thank you. And you got the resources there, got contact there if you need them for the weekend. And we'll talk about that. But first, I did want to do this, Jerry. Tell us how Hope for the Home came about. You said this a little bit in the devotion, and it it just hit me because I found out it to be true in my life as well, uh, the help that is needed there. But you were in full-time evangelism, and still you're an evangelist, but Hope for the the Home uh, grew out of a need, did it not? It was amazing. I wrote a lot of pastors back in 1995. And I just asked him one question. I I said, what's your greatest need as a pastor? And I said, I'm asking you one question, so you won't have to elongate it, made it short for him. Then I waited for the answers to come in. And the the answer that rose to the top was basically, how do we minister to the families in our churches? Come to find out, what they were really asking was, how do I minister to my family? (laughs) Uh, Beck and I, we, we, we started Hope for the Home at that point, for a weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The hard part, Bert, was to decide what issues to address. There's so many. So we came up with 10 issues. Friday night, we do a full husband and wife banquet, probably like you all do. It's called Strengthening Your Marriage. But then Saturday morning, I do an hour and a half session with all of us who are senior adults. And while I'm doing that, Becky does an hour and a half session with those who are single. No, young mothers. With all the mothers. Mm-hmm. Single, yeah, young mothers. Then we take a break, and then we do an hour and a half session with those who have gone through divorce or are going through it. And then Saturday evening, I do about a two-hour session with teenagers, and they fill out a survey. So I'm actually getting up, answering their questions. It's not a preaching kind of thing. Come Sunday morning, I teach the first seven chapters of Proverbs to all the men in the church, and Becky's teaching a book that she wrote called Becoming a Woman of Worth, and then I preach on the family, and then we go from that to a luncheon for all the young college careers. Then we take a break and come back and we do a two-hour session with parents of teenagers dealing with basically signs of rebellion. <clears throat> that, that's always a very well-attended session. And then we close out Sunday night with the, a message I wrote called The Power of the Touch. And all that is concise. That's a lot to pack in. <clears throat> but I've had a lot of pastors say to me, you, you touched on the most important issues, but a lot of times, Bert, when we're leaving... Uh, and nobody else is around, the pastor will say to me privately, this weekend was for me. I had one pastor tell me once, he said, Jerry, I know all the kids in the church, your fairly large church. He said, I know them better than I know my own kids. And he said, that dawned on me this weekend. He said, I counsel more people than I spend time with my wife. And he said, this just calls me. Now, and that's just, I've had that from so many pastors, but that's kind of paraphrasing what they say. And so we realized quickly that the hope for the home helps the pastor and the staff as much as it does the people in the church. And out of that, it has just grown. You know, we were here a few years ago. We published a Hope for the Home Bible. Right. And in the back of it, we got about, what, 
200 pages that deal with family issues that a lot of people have helped us write. And uh, then Becky's book and my book on uh, From the Heart of a Father deals with family issues that a father has with his children. So a lot, a lot has come out of it, but God has opened so many doors. And we did this in Great Britain. We went to Scotland the first time in 96 or something. 10 years, I guess. And we introduced Hope for the Home to churches in Scotland. And it doesn't matter. All families have problems. All families have challenges. And uh, the pastors particularly, I, my dad was a pastor, and I know the pastors often feel like they've got to put up a front because they're the model for the church. And inside, their family may be at war, but they don't talk to anybody about it. Right. And uh, I've had just a joy ministering to pastors. Yeah. And, and being a preacher's kid, you know, you, you're already connected. You see both sides of it, pastor. I told you, you know, this kid. morning our devotions, you know, you hear the old joke, the preacher's kids are the meanest. You know, my, my comeback is it's called we play with the deacon's Deacon kids. kids yeah. But that's true. That is absolutely <laughs> biblical. And not, not only that, but you married a deacon's kid. Oh. What does that oh, tell okay. you? okay. <laughs> well, listen, I, uh, after I was not pastoring full time. You know, uh, our three sons. That sounds like a television program, doesn't it? Uh, You know, all of a sudden they got more honest than they had been about how it felt to be a preacher's kid. And one of my sons said, well, it's just like this. There'll be four of us running down a hallway and somebody that doesn't like boys running. Boys are going to run. Wherever, I mean, that's why I found out I was a boy, hyper boy, too. We're going to run wherever we go. And they, you can't run in church. Oh, and, and the name they call out is the pastor's son. <laughs> the, other, the others get off for us, their name being called, you know. And uh, he said, I noticed that. And then I said, well, most of the folks know the pastor's kids' names. Yep. And they may have not known the other boys. That's but a good they knew, Yeah, they knew you. But... There is still that expectation. I never could figure out, why can't you run in church? What's the big deal? Uh, I agree with you. And then, but I did learn, you don't use the baptistry as a swimming pool. I, I, I learned that one. But. Especially diving. You, you don't want to do that. Hey, I was at a church, and uh, you know, I was preaching on the father of the prodigal son mm-hmm. running, and it was kind of dull. I mean, honestly, I'd done everything, you know, to because I'm that's who I am. I like life, you yep. know, a lot of life. And so when I, w- I was on the stage, or the pulpit area, and I decided, I'm going to do it. And I said, can you imagine the father when he saw his son coming inside? He ran, and I jumped off that stage, and I ran down this aisle and ran up that aisle, and they listened to me the rest of the time, Jerry. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, they running in church. No, that pastor did that, so he did it. Make a note of that. I'll try that. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, next, uh, the next week I need to go check my heart out. No, I do want, uh, but it, it was funny, that goes. But home for the heart. Home for the, hope for the home. Uh-huh. The heart's got to be in it. You I guess that's it. the reason. I'm, I'm going to write that down. Heart. The heart of the home is hope. important. Well, yeah. heart. But I'm, I'm changing it. The heart of the home. Really, out of that comes the hope. Because yes, Jesus and the mother and the mom and dad, how important that is. And their hearts into it. And that really gives hope, doesn't it? So I'm going to use that. So that's my thoughts. That's my thought, okay? Okay. That's yours. That's hey, mine. you that's do great. what I do. I, I say, Jerry Drace said, it, right. And then I say, I heard it said. Then I say, like I always say. <laughs> so that way you can you can get that down, Jerry. You can have that down. But, that. but let's let's go back one more time to the weekend. Okay. And and what you're trying to do. I heard so many of the people groups that you were talking about and how difficult it is in a local church growing up. 
you basically had you had very few single moms. That's right. In my age group. But now oh. the number of single moms and even single dads, dads. Are, are exponential compared to the way it was. When we do our Hope for the Home and the advertisement is done correctly, uh, the session that we deal with single parents is a huge, it's hugely attended because they'll come. A lot of times, of course, not even members of that church. And they'll say something like, we've never had anything for us before. And when we deal with the divorce, uh, I never come at it from the negative side. We deal with it from the positive side. Now that you are divorced, here's what we can do. And we deal with steps of forgiveness. And Becky talks about some things that the ladies have shared with her. That is a very tender time. But you're, the single parents in a church often feel like they're ostracized. And fifth, I, call them, I mean, they feel like fifth wheels. Yeah, they, they really do. do cause. And if it wasn't for them, I always tell parents, single parents, thank God that you are willing to bring your children to church. All of us who are out there in public, like you and me and, and, and every Tim here, everybody else who's in public that's in ministry, people think, man, your homes have got it all together. They don't come to our homes. They don't see it, do they? They do not. So we're trying to be real with them and honest and, and lay out the scriptures. But Hope for the Home came from, actually, actually from Dr. James Dobson. I was visiting with him in, in Denver, I mean, Colorado Springs. And he asked me one day, he said, Jerry, what's the greatest need that Southern Baptists have? Uh, pastors, and we were talking, I said, well, Dr. Dobson, I think we kind of need to focus on the family. I got real quiet, and he said, that'd be a great name for a program. I said, that's what you've got. <laughs> so he said, let me encourage you to enlarge that, and that's basically how Hope for the Home came about. Yeah. Well, you know, what Jan and I try to do at the Fishbowl Retreats for the Pastor and Wives, I, when we, it came about over 20 years ago, and then when Jan and I came with AFR, I, we put it under the AFR umbrella so we could do this, and it it grew, of course, with numbers. But, you know, I'd gone to conferences, how to preach better sermons. Uh, I'd gone to conferences on leadership, you know. And Jenny and I were talking about the biggest need is, is family life. Absolutely. You know? And when Jan really talks to the pastor's wives, uh, she tells me she doesn't, she's very confidential, even with she and me, you know, because it's a safe place. Sure, and at is. Fishbowl Retreat, we give the men and the women a safe place to share, oh, the pains. That's great. And word. the pains are there. And sometimes neglect, sure. the feeling of neglect may be one of the highest Loneliness and isolation. Yeah. Becky deals with pastor's wife, don't you? Honey? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as a, a pastor's wife now, too, oftentimes I think the pastor's wife is reluctant or hesitant to share some of her innermost feelings because it's the congregation. And, and the congregation does look up to the pastor and the family as, quote, supposed to be the model family. And oftentimes, we're just regular families. Amen. We have the ins and outs and ups and downs. And, and sometimes I think we as pastor's wives are hesitant to share that. But sometimes some of the most hurting people that I found in our conferences was the wife of the pastor. Mm. I found that out so true. Height of reality. I, I just got to share this little story. Our middle child, Matthew, we were, it was Easter Sunday, but on that Saturday, 
you know, we had gone somewhere and there was a shoe store here in Tupelo, Mississippi, that was having a sale. And they this is when the Smurfs were real big, and they had someone dressed like Papa Smurf yeah. out in the parking lot saying, "Come over here." So Sunday morning we're headed to church, you know, and we're going to study about the resurrection. Everything kind of put me in. We're raising real children. He said, "I'm going to tell the Easter Bunny that I saw Papa Smurf." <laughs> <laughs> that is the real world we live in. Yes, they, yes, we teach them the Word of God. Yes, we have them. Oh, they live in the world. Yeah, they live in Papa Smurf and Easter Bunny world, don't they? Who, who did Jesus say, go tell my disciples I'm alive? I think I was Papa Smurf. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I will forget that. You know? oh, that's, but it, that's the reality. But they do. And we hope this program, Exploring Missions, if you're a, you're a deacon, you're a, you're a church steward, you're an elder in the church, uh, listen, your pastor and his family, they need your prayers. What what a word of encouragement does for you. And if they do it for the pastor, it's good. But when they do it for the pastor's family, right. for the pastor, oh, it's bigger, isn't it, you Jerry? You better believe it, man. When they, when they talk to the pastor's wife and say, I'm praying for you, I love you, I can support you, or to the pastor's kids, it's like you said. Was your daddy a pastor? No, he was not. I see my dad being a pastor. It's like living in that fishbowl. But my dad told me and my brother Terry when we were, when we were children, he said it's not your fault that your daddy is a pastor. So we want you to be, you know, we want you to grow up to love Christ, not because your daddy is a pastor. But Daddy always tried to make us feel comfortable. But even then, like you said, we were always the preacher's kids. Um, I've told our children, Drew and Becca, um, your dad's an evangelist. Now I'm pastoring as well. Uh, before you're anything else, you're a Christian. Your dad just happens to be a pastor. You know, I could have been a doctor or a lawyer or a mechanic or whatever, but your dad happens to be a pastor. And the preacher's kids are hurting a lot too. Sometimes a preacher's kid will write me or talk to me privately, and they're hurting. They just don't know how to express it. Uh, and when pastors feel this thing of loneliness and isolation, especially with this pandemic we've had, uh, like I said this morning in chapel, one pastor just broke down in tears on a Zoom meeting with a bunch of us, and he said, I feel so isolated, and I have no one to talk to. So it's just like Bert said, folks, pray for your pastor and for his family and encourage him. Take him out to lunch once in a while. Just talk to him. A lot of people are afraid. You know, they're afraid to go out with the pastor. I don't know what to say. Hey, he his heart beats like yours. Uh, he mows the yard like you do. He washes his car like you do. He sees his wife in curters like I do. And I mean, <laughs> just take him out. And, and that's a great word, Bert, to, um, to be a friend. Don't you think, Beck? Absolutely. And I think um, pastor's wives sometimes, like I said, they are reluctant or hesitant to befriend other women in the congregation. And so if you're a, a congregation member, uh, if you want to befriend, uh, be a friend to your pastor's wife, then be a true friend, mm-hmm. be a confidential friend, yeah. be someone that they feel trusting in you that they can share with if they choose to do so. Uh, the scripture Jerry used this morning, to be a friend, to have a friend, you have to be a friend, and I think that's so vitally important. What does it mean to be a friend? It is someone that you can have trust in and confidence in, that uh, you feel they got your back, uh, they encourage you, they love you, they're tender with you, and sometimes even a friend confronts you. I mean, I've had some of my very best girlfriends who are not local, they're out of state, 
state, people we've met throughout the country, who will say, now, Becky, you really need to think about this now, mm-hmm. what you've just said. Now, you really need to give that some consideration. So t- sometimes your friend is not only the one who has your ear, but they also have your heart. They really do. Uh, so Amen. I think that's important That's as well. a good word. And don't be jealous of a pastor's wife who has a best friend in sure. church. You, you can be a friend, but to be that life friend, there's got to be a connection. Yes. And if the pastor's wife connects with someone in the church, don't be jealous. Praise the Lord that they have that friend. You know, I've often told women, too, if you really, you know, like for a new pastor's family who moves into a new congregation, it's tiptoe time because you really don't know the people very well. You don't even know which pew to sit on Absolutely. because you may be on somebody. You might sit in somebody's lap. Some saints <laughs> Absolutely. But I often tell them, I'll say, look, you pray over who God wants you to be a friend with, not to, but with, because friendship is twofold. And so you ask the Lord to bring you to the person and the person to you. So it's a mutual connection. It's not someone that I just sit and say, oh, I, I think I'd like to be a friend to her or, or to this one over here. But God has someone special that you can be sharing with, that you can be open with, that you can be loving and tender with. And so I think that's very important. Ask the Lord. He'll show you. And just that, ask him. And that's a mission. Now, let's let, explore the mission. That is a mission for some people out there who are listening to be that, that kind of person, sure. which can become that kind of friend. Absolutely. If you're that kind of person that you can keep confidence that you do mm-hmm. not just uh, let me pray about this and it, all it is is a gossip session, you know. And I'm starting to preach now, Jerry. Oh, I'm you're sorry, right. but listen, you're right it, down it's the so line. true. We we need that. The pastor needs it. Their children need it. Well, one more comment about mission, too, as well. I think sometimes when we think missions, we think overseas missions, yeah. and that is vital. But some of the greatest mission fields are right around us. You know, one thing that Jerry and I do, because like I said, I've always been more conscious of what is my focused mission field uh, because I was surrounded by just a very small group of, you know, people. And so one thing that the Lord instructed me to do was, you know, when you're out in public, whether you're a clerk at Walmart or, you know, out to dinner, I like to just ask the person if I feel inclined to, I'll say, you know, we're going to pray for our food or, you know, you've, you've checked me out and I've given you my money or whatever. Is there something I can pray for you about? I've only been turned down twice in hundreds and hundreds of people. One of them didn't speak English, so I don't think he understood what I said. And the other one just kind of flippantly said, no, I'm okay. And so, but other than that, I mean, even last night at dinner, you know, we asked the young lady that was serving, is there something we can pray for you about? And at first she said, no, I'm okay. And then I said, are you sure you don't have a friend or a family member we can pray about? And then immediately she began to share. And so it gave us an opportunity not only to share with her something that she wanted to be prayed for about, but also then as we were leaving the restaurant, I asked her, I said, I just need to ask you one more question. How are you with your relationship with Jesus Christ? And she opened her menu book and it said, I love Jesus in her menu book. And so never, like I said, never underestimate the power of what God can do with you as an individual, whether it's on a foreign field or right around you where you are. It's your world. It is. Wherever your world is, that's where your mission field is. One more fun story, and I'll let Jerry take over. We were in Lowe's the other day, and I don't usually do this normally unless the Lord just instructs me to, but there was a line of people behind us, and the young lady, I just slipped up. He was paying, and I just slipped up, and I said, hey, while he's running his credit card, is there something we can pray for you about today? And immediately, immediately, tears welled up in her eyes, and she said, my mother was just admitted to the ICU. Thank you. I didn't know that. 
she didn't know that I was, you know, the Lord just put that connection. So ladies particularly use every opportunity that God presents to you to be a mission field. Yeah. These people that are checking you out or taking your order, you never know what they came oh, from to work. And keep that in mind. They may be having the worst day of their lives. Some of these people get up at four o'clock in the morning, they'll, they'll drive an hour, hour and a half to work. Yeah. And they may be a single dad or a single mom. And they have to put a they have to put a smile on where they're working, and their heart may be broken. I love your program because you you're right. Missions begins at home, at home. That's where missions begins, and that's what we want to leave with you today. It's hope for the home. Some of you out there, you're looking for hope. You really are. Go to hope for the home.org. There's some resources there. And you might put a word in to your pastor, said, you know what? I've heard about this great ministry, Jerry and Becky Drace, and they have a weekend that helps people in every home, not just those that are intact, but those that are difficult. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you, Bert. If we can't come, we'll send you. Well, hey, listen, Jan and I, we love it. We do. We share family revival and hope for the home. We we ought to have it covered. Let's let's team up, buddy. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and we appreciate you so much, and we pray God would bless you as you share Jesus with a world who really needs it. 